A British Columbia school board is so troubled by parents making their voices heard that they're now collecting the ID of parents who show up at meetings. A new report shows that 75% of Canadians say their family is paying way too much in taxes. And yet another climate activist has vandalized a cultural institution, this time hurling paint on a woolly mammoth statue at a Canadian museum. Hello Canada, it's Friday, March 3rd, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Amidst growing parental involvement in education issues, a British Columbia school district has quietly changed the rules for those wishing to attend their public board meetings in person and will now require people to submit photo ID and other personally identifiable information. The move comes after weeks of delegations by parents concerned with the Chilliwack School District for allegedly making sexually explicit material available for children. Now, as reported by Fraser Valley Today on Wednesday, the school district confirmed that anyone wishing to attend a meeting in person will have to submit a valid photo ID, a phone number, and fill out a form. This all comes after several heated meetings at the board in which parents and other community members attended to raise concerns about allegedly sexually explicit materials made available to students at schools in the district. Former board trustee Dr. Daryl Ferguson claimed that the school had broken the law by allowing such materials, and the meeting was shut down by board chair Willow Reichlacht, claiming that such allegations were defamatory. Lindsay, this is a fascinating story for a number of reasons. I don't think it's just a, a, a microcosm story about Chilliwack. I think this speaks to how all across Canada, we do see a growing interest in parents getting in the game a bit more and speaking out at school boards, and school boards apparently not too comfortable with that. Exactly. There are a lot of parallels with the Carolyn Burjowski case. Um, last year at a Waterloo Region School District Board meeting, she was kicked out, and she is a school trustee. She was kicked out of the meeting which was occurring online, because she was reading from books that were in the Waterloo School libraries, and she was taking issue with them. One of her you know, very valid points was that uh, one of the books was making it seem like puberty blockers were um, a cure-all for any kind of emotional or social problems a child was having. Yeah, yet she was kicked out of the meeting by the other trustees for bringing this up. And I haven't done a deep dive in this material. I don't know what I think about this particular allegedly explicit material, but I think the bottom line is if parents want to be able to grieve these issues, rightly or wrongly, this is the place to do it, and yet they're being shut down for it. I mean, this is the forum to have a say in their child's education and in the system. And we have seen in the past that school board meeting attendance was pretty low, and now people are going, well, what happened? We weren't actually being involved in our communities as an activist mindset taken over. We, the parents, want to get more involved and take over. We've seen this in school board elections all across Canada, just the past six months, the past nine months, uh, they've been called anti-woke trustee candidates. But I, I think a lot of it is also just parents saying, well, hold on, we're just concerned about a lot of this stuff. Right. And if you try to enter a meeting, yet you're given this form where you have to provide photo ID and a phone number, it's kind of off-putting. It's like, what are you doing with this information? Are you going to blacklist me in the future? Um, yeah, you'd be wondering, why are they doing this? And it would be discouraging you from getting involved. 
three in four Canadians think the average family is paying too much in taxes, according to a new report. The Fraser Institute report released on Thursday shows 74% of Canadians think the average family is paying too much tax to federal, provincial, and local governments. There is a large discrepancy between what the average family actually pays in total taxes versus what Canadians believe the average family should be paying, said Fraser Institute Associate Fiscal Director Jake Fuss. According to the report, the average Canadian family paid 45% of its total income to governments in 2022. Eight in 10 Canadians said that percentage should drop below 40%, and half said it should go below 26%. Now, Anthony, do you see taxes realistically ever going down? Yeah, that's an interesting question, because it's understandable that taxes are going to go up alongside inflation or below inflation. That's always a desirable target. But the idea of taxes going up as an overall greater percentage of our income year after year, regardless of what the inflation pressures are. And we do see that the Fraser Institute puts out a study every year where they do look at the percentage of of our income going to all forms of taxes. It is almost always increasing. And that is very concerning because one has to say, surely at some point it's got to stop. It seems that taxes are higher than many Canadians realize. No, certainly, because generally we talk about what the income tax rate is for your province or federally, or you talk about your individual property taxes in your city, and just all sorts of different levies and fees that are basically taxes because they've been put on by some level of government, and they just keep creeping up. There's mission creep with taxation, and when you compile it all together, that's how you realize, oh, wow, I'm actually paying way more tax than I thought. A climate activist has caused a disturbance at the Royal BC Museum on Wednesday morning after throwing pink paint onto the museum's woolly mammoth exhibit. Police escorted the protester, who was affiliated with the Onto Ottawa group, out of the building after the incident. 24-year-old climate activist Laura Sullivan staged the affair to launch a caravan to the nation's capital, intending to protest the government's supposed inaction on climate change. In a statement addressed to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the federal cabinet, On to Ottawa calls for the establishment of a citizens' assembly to decide how Canada will transition its economy to address a climate emergency. The ultimatum that they presented claims that, quote, the government has until April 1st to begin establishing a citizens' assembly to decide how Canada's economy will be transformed to tackle the climate and ecological emergency in the next two to three years. Lindsay, while I don't know where to begin here, there's so much to be said about all of this. I I was writing a couple months ago about how we're seeing more and more of these attacks on art or in museums. I likened it to back when the Taliban did desecration of cultural artifacts. And look, I'm not being too theatrical, I think, when I make that comparison, because we've seen major works of art uh, at places all across the world being attacked in museums in the name of climate change. And it is just absolute zealotry. Right. And... To the rest of Canada, this might just be, you know, a woolly mammoth. But to the province of BC, this woolly mammoth is kind of sacred, I would say. And by the way, this is the same Royal BC Museum that the BC NDP government tried to shut down for eight years and spend $1 billion renovating, but they had to reverse that. So it remains open. But this just, this stunt seemed like a bit of a flop, didn't it? I mean, uh, these people... Uh, splattered the the mammoth with pink paint. The paint was water-soluble. They washed it off, and they got arrested. And I'm not sure what kind of impact that made um, for public opinion. Did that bring up, you know, major 
issues of climate change for people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? One thing I find really interesting too, Lindsay, is that they talk about the government's inaction on climate change. I'm sorry, but one point that I've made many times is that when Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is talking about anything, he always brings up climate change as like the first thing, and we're going to make things greener and, and this and that. The inaction on climate change, I mean, so many things that the feds have done recently, the plastic bag ban, mandating electric vehicle sales, I, I mean, pretty much the only thing they do is action on climate change. Right. So I guess it begs the question, uh, what is it that these climate activists would consider to be an, an acceptable form of action? <laughs> uh, how far do we have to go? Well, we see how the rhetoric has changed in recent years, and they are now talking about the full-blown climate emergency, climate crisis, climate catastrophe. They've really ratcheted things up, and there's there's certainly a level of of manic urgency that they have in all of this, and they immediately want to see an all-hands-on-deck approach. Back in April 2020, shortly after the first lockdowns had begun, Elizabeth May uh, had put out a statement with other Green Party members that they would have supported lockdowns uh, in the name of fighting climate change. And we're going to see some rhetoric like that still creep up. I mean, this is this is the fringe, of course. I don't think that's a, a normal, moderate view, but those views are out there. I mean, the UN Environment Program is currently looking into spraying reflective aerosols into the atmosphere to reflect the sun away from the earth in order to cool it rapidly. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.